On today's episode, we're going to be discussing search engine optimization and some tips to help grow your business. What's up, guys? Welcome to season four. Oh my God, dude, we have made it four seasons. I think it was, um, we posted something on Facebook not too long ago about uh, our podcast. Um, Spotify sent us some data and we're in eight countries uh, with our highest growing listeners in Australia. It's pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that we're doing different this season is we're having a video version and an audio version and we're going to get, it's not as clean and neat as I'd like yet, but we'll get it there. Um, but if you check out our Facebook page, there's some information there about, uh, the data for 2020. We did a lot of content, man. I mean, there's, there's quite a few shows. There was a lot of information in that, that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I think the total amount of hours was like, what did they say, like 4,200 or no, 1,400? I think 2,700 minutes, 42 episodes though. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, before we jump into the episode, let's take a quick break from these sponsors. This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder. Surewinder takes great pride in producing high-quality tools that keep you safe and make your life easier. Let them shoulder the burden of winding your springs with a power drill. Hey guys, I hope you enjoy the episode today, but listen, we're going to be talking about SEO and if you need SEO done and you don't want to do it yourself, we're pretty good at it. We got a good team here and if you reach out to us, we can schedule a free, no obligation consultation for you to learn a little bit about us and us to learn a little bit about you. Uh, all of our prices are on our website on the desktop version. If you go to suchandsuchmedia.com, check it out, suchandsuchmedia.com. All right, guys. So uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to our sponsors for sponsoring season four. And uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. And you're the reason why we are successful. Uh, we also want to let everybody know that we really appreciate you guys listening to us. Every um, season we have a theme. And I thought it would be fitting because the first couple seasons I really kind of interviewed other people and talked about their expertise this season. We are going to be interviewing some people, but we're going to be talking about, uh, me, my company, what I know. Um, we're going to be talking about numbers. We're really going to take a deep dive into marketing. Uh, and as an owner or a manager, what numbers you should be tracking all kinds of stuff, automation. Um, I've got some highlights here. Um, I'm, I'm probably doing a little bit more preparing for this because I want to do a good job of educating in this season because I think this information is going to help you guys get to the next level. Uh, some of this will be entry level, so forgive me if you're more advanced, but there are going to be some things in each episode that I think people that are advanced uh, will be able to pick up as well. So we're going to talk SEO today. Uh, SEO is search engine optimization. Um, and we're going to break down first and foremost, some terminology that we're going to use. Uh, so SEO 
search engine optimization is the practice that my company and other marketing companies use to help let Google know that your website is relevant to specific searches. Uh, and it's the practice of trying to get you to rank on Google for specific searches that uh, like garage door repair, uh, garage door installation, garage door openers, things like that. Black hat. Black hat is a term that's used amongst the SEO world. And uh, it symbolizes um, practices that are against Google guidelines or maybe not ethical. Uh, white hat is being within guidelines or being ethical. Crawling is a term that's commonly going to be used um and that is a process by which search engines discover your web pages. They have um, like spiders. They crawl your website and they gather data and take it back so that they know uh, when to show that information. Indexing is the storing and organizing of content found during crawling, which is what I just mentioned. Uh, intent is a huge word that we're going to probably be using a lot this season. The uh, In the context of SEO, intent refers to what users really want from the words they're typed into the search bar. Isn't this what the government's doing to us now? Trying to figure out our intent and making the decisions for us instead of us making our own decisions? I, I hope not. Quite. <laughs> uh, anyway, organic uh, earned placement in search results as opposed to paid advertisements. Um, a query is like what you type in to the search results. And then uh, SERP is uh, short for search engine uh, search results. So um, what the results are after you hit enter. URL is your like domain name. Uh, so for me, it's going to be Aaron Overhead Doors or such and such media.com. And then traffic, we're going to refer to traffic is a terminology that we're going to use during this. And that's just the uh, like people come into your virtual store. Uh, backlinks is going to be a popular term and backlink means that if, um, let's say for example, uh, you want to link to my website within your website, people can click that link and leave your site and come to mine. And then spam is going to be a very popular conversation we've discussed here for quite some time. Uh, but spam is, um, fake content or fake businesses or fake listings, uh, to generate phone calls for fake businesses or businesses that are uh, not going by the guidelines um, falls under black hat and three pack or map pack. I refer to them as the same. Sometimes uh, you'll hear me use those two terminologies. Um, and that is the, uh, the search results that you find next to the map in um, in the cert. So uh, good segue into Google, my business. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Google My Business guidelines, um, things like that. So what is Google My Business? Uh, Google My Business is a um, a backend um, tool for business owners. You can, uh, like, let's say if I'm starting a business, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I'm going to Google Google My Business. I'm going to log in, create an account and uh, build it out. It's going to ask me questions like what my hours are, what's the name of my company, what's a description, uh, upload a logo, things like that, and uh, choose a category. And so once you've completed all that, it's going to say, all right, we're going to send you a postcard to the address that you put in. And through that, um, you're going to get like a, I don't know, it's like a five digit um, characters, and you're going to plug those in, usually numbers. Um, and 
Once you've done that, that lets us know that you've verified the location. You're losing, you're using a real location for your business. And uh, then your account goes live. And what that means is your listing will show up in the uh, map pack. Um, maybe not at the top, but if you are viewing that and you click the down arrow, you'll see there's other listings. That's probably where you'll start out most likely. Now, uh, this is where you're going to see reviews uh, in the search results. So um, the map pack includes uh, reviews, and um, there's a lot that goes into reviews. Number one, I think uh, when I started my company, we took reviews very seriously, and um, you know we asked every customer, especially if you're a, an owner uh, and you're working in your company, you're going to people's homes. I think it's important that you tell your story, engage with them, spend time with them, you know, and ask for a review. People are more likely to give a review if they can relate to you or you're living out your dream and you kind of tell them a little bit about your story. So I did that a lot and it helped me get a lot of reviews out of the gate. And so um, we found technology, which we'll discuss in a future episode, uh, to help us um, automate that and still get high results without me being in the field. But reviews are manipulated a lot of times. Um, it's no secret. Some of us have probably gotten the, the email from, uh, or even the Facebook messages. You know, I can get you 150 five-star reviews. Um, there's people out there that are spamming Google My Business with fake reviews to help out. Um, people are having employees fill out reviews. Um, and I don't think people understand the seriousness of reviews. It is a federal crime to manipulate reviews and small businesses, I think underestimate that. And I think, uh, if you, um, if you don't do it right and you break the law when it comes to reviews, uh, you can spend f time in a federal prison. Uh, so last thing you want to do, and I know entrepreneurs are very ambitious and there's some things that you probably, you know, you, you may want to play in the gray area. This is not one of them. Uh, so, uh, make sure that your reviews are coming from people who have had interaction with your business and can vouch for it and, um, and are willing to leave reviews, even requesting reviews. Uh, there's some rules around that. And so uh, you want to make sure that you understand those and uh, make sure that you don't get in trouble with FTC. FTC? I think so. Um, so pay attention to that stuff. It's very important. And, um, uh, for that, we're going to dive into Google My Business guidelines and hit on some of the most important things. Um, so first and foremost, your name of your, when I ask you your business name, your name should reflect your real world name as listed on your storefront or website. However, you can add your city or neighborhood to the end to identify your location. And I do advise that. So if you are creating your Google My Business account, um, it's a good thing to have your city name at the end. One of the, and we're going to get into more detail on this, but one of the major factors of ranking is indeed the title or your name of your company for Google My Business, which is really lame because people figured that out and they've manipulated it. And so um, if I were to go in and create like, um, uh, let's call it Buford Georgia Garage Door Repair Company, um, if someone were to go online and search that, I might rank their number one on the first day just because 
I've manipulated uh, kind of their search results and their algorithm. And so um, it's not a great thing, and you would think they would change it, but for whatever reason, I think they've had a hard time um, figuring out uh, what to rank on. And so uh, we're going to dive into a little bit more of that. Uh, category, so depends, right? Um, garage door dealers, sub, garage door supplier will be your category. I know we took over um, Greg. We just had Greg on, um, was it last week, last Tuesday? And Greg's with Jag and Sons in uh, West Haven and North Haven. When we took over his account, he was stuck in construction category. And it wouldn't change. Like, I don't know what the heck was going on. So um, when I hit a wall, I'll reach out to a couple friends of mine and we'll chat about it. And usually we're able to come up with a good solution. And um, what we uh, thought might be the case was uh, sometimes you can connect a third-party software to your Google My Business and it'll override any changes that you make. And uh, I believe that was the case and we were able to get it removed and changed. Uh, so that was taken care of. Um, but you want to make sure that your category is correct and reflects what you do. And then I think you you don't want to jam it full of categories. Um, I would just keep it garage door supplier. I know there's like garage door or garage builder and things like that. Uh, I don't normally use those. And so I stay away from, um, you can, um, you cannot use a PO box or co-working space, uh, via Google, my business guidelines. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there that'll try to use a co-working space or PO boxes. Um, another business to verify or houses. Um, so if you're, uh, you're technically not supposed to use multiple homes or multiple locations with a home included. And so uh, you got to be careful of that. These will get taken down eventually if you use these uh, types of places. Uh, so let's specify what you are supposed to use. So if you're just like one or two man show and you're out of a house, that's perfectly fine. When you're setting up your Google My Business, you just will delete your email, your actual address out of there and click that you uh, don't service people at your location, but you service people at their home. Uh, and then it'll block the, the address. And from there, um, you should uh, do just fine. And it won't show your home address if you don't want it to. Because sometimes people may show up and check out. Um, and, and I don't know that you'll want people coming to your home in the middle of the day. Um Let's see here. Don't include any unnecessary information in your name. Um, you can add the city, no PO boxes. Um, the locations that you like, they need to be staffed. Uh, so for example, let's say that you're wanting to create multiple Google My Business accounts, which is actually not a bad idea especially because that's what generates a lot of phone calls, but there's some downside to that. You're talking double the reviews. You know, if you're going to put your focus in trying to be the number one in your area for the reviews, if you're trying to flex out reviews to other places, it's definitely going to cause uh, a little bit of a challenge. But what if you're just asking for reviews for the increase in business? I think it's a good play. Uh, so you can launch other Google My Business locations. And what you need is a physical location. 
It probably needs to be a office. Um, you're going to need to have a sign out front. Uh, it needs to be staffed during operating hours. And I think they request that you're within a, uh, that you're past a two hour drive time um, for an additional Google My Business. I haven't really seen them really um, enforce the two hour drive time. The two hour drive time is, is subjective also because of traffic and times that you look, but um, I, I don't, I don't normally see that become an issue. And when we've had Google, my business accounts go suspended, which is very common when you're opening up a new account. Um, and I'll tell you how to avoid that or how to fix it. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever gotten the reason if it's too close. Um, that might be something that they do here soon, but I haven't seen it. And if you're creating a new Google My Business account right now, especially in the garage door industry, a lot of the new ones are being going straight into suspended status for like secondary review. And uh, it's good to go ahead and build it all out. Take a picture of your the, the front, maybe take a picture of some of the inside of the building, include all of those in um, the account. There's areas where you can take pictures of inside uh, the building. Um, make sure you get branding in there, trucks, they're looking to make sure that it's a legitimate business and that this is indeed a second location for you and not something you just mocked up. I've actually seen somebody do this in uh, Photoshop, like their logo on the front of a door and uh, people are getting slick these days. So they've got to do a good job. And so make sure that you are being as thorough as you can when you're building that out before you verify. And then if you still are suspended, you can reach out to them and, um, they're pretty good about getting back to you. And if you have a legitimate case, uh, they'll, they'll activate it pretty quickly. Um, so provide your regular customer facing hours of operation. Uh, the garage door dealers uh, will be suppliers. <clears throat> now this is where it gets a little bit tricky. And um, I, I don't think they're going to like this for service-based businesses but you could possibly get away with it. Depends on how you're set up. I know uh, my buddy um, up at uh, A&E Door and Window, um, he has a basically like a building that looks like a car dealership. I mean, when you walk in, you got like a showroom, you go up the stairs, and they got this big parts department. It's laid out just like a car dealership, really. And so... Um, car dealerships are allowed to have multiple departments. So each department can have their own Google My Business. And so uh, departments within businesses, universities, hospitals, government institutions may have their own Google listing. Um, so I would say that it's probably not a good idea, but if you do have a showroom and you have a parts department and all of that, I think you could probably get away with it. Now, the risk that you take is because you are a service-based business, you could possibly get both of your accounts suspended. Um, not that it would stay that way or that it would stay that way long, uh, but something to take in consideration when you're doing stuff like that. Um, so I haven't tested it. I'm not sure that I will. I may. I don't know. 
but I'm pretty sure they really crack down on home service businesses, especially even if you're not trying to do something wrong. But, um, you know, I'm launching a new showroom with a, uh, it's a showroom service center with a parts department. And I feel like I could probably get away with it there, uh, just the way it's going to be structured and built. But then again, do I really want to risk it? Because I know they're going to come down on home service companies because of all the spam and all the people trying to manipulate the the algorithm. So um, there should only be one profile per business as this can cause problems with how your information displays on Google Maps and search. So one of the big causes, you know, we see this quite, quite a bit from new clients that we bring on. They might accidentally have two Google My Business accounts. And... This can happen many different ways, but uh, it's imperative that you merge them or delete one. Um, sometimes you can get the reviews from one moved over to the other and just kind of merge them a little bit. So uh, definitely make sure that you don't have duplicates out there. Um, so home-based businesses cannot have multiple locations. I talked a little bit about that earlier. So if you're working out of your house or um, you, you cannot have multiple locations as a home-based business. Um, Google's moving toward only one listing in a major city for home service companies as well. So like, let's say Atlanta, for example, and this is subjective. I think uh, there's still some, some things to be applied here. Uh, and I'm not sure that the details are out, but uh, if you have two locations in Atlanta, maybe one on the North side, one on the South side, that could be, throw a red flag and cause them to, um, actually, um, take one or both down. So you gotta be really careful. Uh, but there, uh, that doesn't apply to franchises. Franchises can get away with it because they have multiple owners and it's structured differently. So I don't know. That's really weird because you think about like targets and home depots. Um, those aren't an issue, but for home service companies, Definitely, they're cracking down on that. And so if you have multiple, and the question is, how far outside the city can you go before you have another one? Um, and that's to be determined yet. And uh, I'll try to get clarity on that, but I don't see any yet. Um, there is a way to report spam. So as a business owner, you know, when you talk about uh, trademark and um, patent infringement and stuff like that, it's, it's the responsibility of the business to that holds the patent or the trademark to defend themselves, defend their patent, defend their trademark. And as long as they have legal right, uh, they can um, actually do that. Uh, they can ask for it. Um, so one thing that I, I wanted to bring to y'all's attention is I think it's um, responsible and wise for business owners to Google your name once a month. Google, you know, check, make sure people aren't buying AdWords um, with your name and the title. Make sure that you don't have duplicate Google My Business listing. Make sure that your um, uh, your phone number's right on your Google My Business listing. Uh, make sure that there's not a bunch of spam trying to copy your website. And then, you know, Google services in your area like Garage Door Repair Buford and uh, check out and see if there's any new companies. They're really targeting repair, so that would be the one I'd go after. And see all the fake companies on there. And some of the things that I do is I'll go in and 
Uh, I'll Google the address and see what it is. I'll go to the website. And there's certain things that I see that trigger because all the spam companies do very similar stuff. Um, and uh, so take a look at that. Uh, I'll call the number. So I'll star six, seven, dial the number. So it blocks mine and I'll ask questions, you know, Hey, what's your address? Where are you guys located? I'm trying to hire a local company. Um, just trying to get a feel for if they're spam or not. And if they're just trying to create leads for a business, because that's not allowed in Google, my business as well. Uh, so it's very popular in the garage door industry. And I would just suggest that if you are a business owner, either yourself or delegate it, but I would definitely uh, be making sure that the organic listing, the map pack and the AdWords are all good and that people aren't trying to hijack your customers. I'll give you an example of this. And I don't really know if you can call it spam, but it's very important that when people are searching your business, because people will search your business name, that someone's not hijacking your traffic very early I uh, started with, um, what's that site where you can get like coupons? Um, they're like deals. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer-usa.com. That's S-O-M-M-E-R-USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Swice makes the best bifold door on the market, so when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Um, they're like deals. There's there's a lot of them. There's like Groupon. Groupon. Yeah. Groupon. So I signed up for Groupon uh, early and I don't know. I was probably like two or three months in and I started seeing my, my searches for my company name drop for traffic. And so I went on and I did a search for my name and um, sure enough, dude, they had the deal as an ad word. And the headline was best deals for Aaron overhead doors. 
And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. Why would I click on my website when Groupon's claiming they got the best deals for my customers? Yeah. They're hijacking my people looking for me. That's yeah. not the reason. I was trying to go to Groupon because they had the traffic. Yeah. And I wanted them to drive traffic to me, right. not me drive traffic to yeah. them. And then were you still getting leads though? I mean, yeah, but people were buying the Groupon thing instead yeah. of calling me from directly from my website. Yeah. So what the problem was, was that I was having to pay them a commission when I was already going to have to get the, or I was already going to get the customer anyway. Yeah. Right. Majority of them yeah. at least. So that was extremely frustrating. And, um, you know, you're, you're, they said in the fine print of the contract that I signed that they, that I agreed to that. So I fought them and got out of that. Um, now there is a, uh, Google redressal form. You can Google that. Uh, also I'll leave a link to it and the video for this, or also the episode. Now I do know that, uh, Spotify and some of the other platforms strip links from the description, but, uh, if you can go to the YouTube video or, um, we may even post it on, we'll post it on our Facebook page also, but there'll be a redressal form, uh, Google redressal form. Now, if you go in there, you can fill it out. Uh, it's going to ask you questions. I'll just kind of walk you through it real quick. Um, Dressel form. So this thing is, um, is great. It's really quick. It doesn't take you long to get there, uh, to get it filled out and complete it. Uh, it's going to ask you your full name, your contact email address, nothing to worry about there. Fill those out. Name of the entity or organization that's being, uh, that's getting impacted. So you can use, uh, your, your company's name, or what I like to do is I'll just put like uh, Buford, Georgia garage door dealers in there. Uh, so it's not one specific. And then it's going to ask you like what malicious content is on here, phone number, title, address, website. Um, and so if it's, if they're jamming the title or their name full of spam, you're going to choose title. If the address is like a fake location, like there used to be one in Brewster's, uh, say there was a Swanee garage door repair was actually based at a Brewster's in Swanee. And so, uh, in that case, I would choose address, um, phone number. I don't think I've ever used that one, and I don't think I've ever used website. So title and address. And then it's going to tell you to go to maps.google.com. And what I normally do is I'll search the company name. I'll copy and paste it from the Google My Business listing, have it come up, and then I'll grab the, the URL or the domain at the top and paste it in here. And then I'll um, at the very bottom it says, please explain in detail why you believe the content on the URLs is malicious to be on Google maps. And so I, I'll, I'm like very kind here. I'll write a description, something to the effects of, you know, Hey, I did my research. I called the customer. Uh, they're actually not local. They're not based in this. Um, as you can see, it's a Brewster's ice cream, uh, not a garage door company. I did a, uh, I'll do a, uh, Georgia business search or I'll search the name of the business. I'll reference the fact that I searched it. I'll even link it in the description so that they can click the link and go to there and uh, search it themselves. And if they're not a legitimate business in Georgia, in the state of Georgia, um, that could also cause some um, litigation issues. If you can't get them taken down, um, you can certainly contact local authorities, um, report them, or even you can um, uh, call local uh the news station guys that do investigative reports. Uh, those guys are always looking for good information, hot tips. And so if you guys um, 
put a compelling story together. Uh, what's great about that is not only can you get those companies exposed, but a lot of times they'll use you in the interview if you're a reputable company and uh, that's exposure for you. So um, great way to flip the spam to work to your advantage. And I strongly invest, uh, um, strongly advise you to do that. Now in Google, my business flipping to the next page, uh, we got messaging. So there's a messaging platform. You can turn it on or off, but if you're going to turn it on, make sure you answer it because, uh, they are timing that and making sure you're responding. And if you're not responding, it's going to probably negatively affect you. Uh, ranking on Google, my business, obviously it's pulling content from your homepage. Uh, the name that you put in there, photos. I'm a big believer in uploading tons of photos in there. I think it probably has something to do with rankings. Uh, definitely get a lot of exposure with the photos so you can get additional traffic. And then I have seen in certain case studies, reviews do play a role in the amount of reviews that you have and how well the reviews are. So whether you're five star or two star, et cetera. Um, with that, I think the first ranking increase I saw in one case study, excuse me, was around 30 something, uh, 36, 38, if I'm not mistaken, but gradually as you get more, um, it typically has a, um, a higher impact written content. So when you're talking about SEO written content is probably by far the oldest type of search engine optimization you can do. Um, so, in the written format, you need to write something that's compelling, not keyword stuffed, but does have a good balance of keywords. And this is becoming probably less and less imperative. Um, now that Google's really using AI and um, you're getting into some other categories of search, and we're going to get into that here shortly, but um, Google's deployed artificial intelligence to determine the intent of the query. Uh, if you remember earlier, we talked about query being what you search, which you type in the search bar. Uh, since a lot of people are searched by question, a growing search is near me and you need to put on your website uh, question and answer. And so we've changed kind of some of the format of how we do that because people are starting to ask a lot of questions about um, garage door repair, things like that. And so formatting your content for Q&A uh, and then even having a Q&A at the bottom is important. But you don't want to be like the content needs to be so compelling and good that um, Google will rank it high. And people, if they are reading content and it's just keyword stuffed, I think they're trained to kind of bounce off of that. So is that a thing, Adrian? Like, I mean, I'm skewed. So my opinion is skewed. But if you go to a website and it's like, welcome to Atlanta garage door repair where people from Atlanta choose us to repair their garage doors. And if you're looking for the best garage door repair, choose us, you know what I'm saying? Like, or is it yeah. like when it's so spammy, yeah. do you, would you consider doing business with them? Or is that something where you're kind of like, uh, I recognize that as somebody who doesn't do SEO. I, I think it, it depends on who you are as a person. Like if you're more familiar with that sort of thing, you're probably more jaded and, and more accustomed to it. But I think your typical person probably doesn't get like turned off by it as, as much as you might think. But I don't, I don't know. Like really we'd, we'd have to ask people that are just, we should do that. Just strangers. Yeah. We should have a whole episode where we 
show people and, websites yeah. and see what they, uh, if they would call them or not. Yeah. Um, so written content is key. I, I, we try to do, uh, between 800 and 1600 words on a page. Uh, so over time we'll continuously be adding content to the website, some on the same page and we'll create new pages, things like that. Uh, video is huge. I think you should have a video on your website. It should be about the page that it's on. So if you have a repair page, I think it's good for you to have a repair video. It can be short. It doesn't need to be very long, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute, uh, maybe talk a little bit about your process and how qualified your people are, um, how friendly they are. And um, I think that would be a great video for you. And if you create those videos, you can bet them on your website. People will watch them. It'll keep them on the site longer. We all know that bounce rate. Well, we think that bounce rate is a contributor to rankings. And so um, being able to keep people on the website longer, videos do that. They've proven to do that. The only thing I tell you is don't autoplay videos. That's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> when somebody's at work and actually shopping for garage door repair when they're supposed to be doing work, um, nothing more they want is to get exposed when they land on a website with the audio being turned up accidentally. So uh, if you're going to autoplay, make sure it's auto-muted, and then uh, people can uh, press play and listen to it uh, from the beginning. Photos. So I say it like that. Photos. Not photos. Adrian, did you hear me? Yeah. I said photos. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not video. So, no, I didn't say video. I well, said photos and not photos. You know why I did that? Why? Because I want to emphasize how important photos are. Where would you... I mean, I already know you're going to say don't really prioritize the, the video. Well, actually, no. Google's been... I think the video is good. Yeah. The photos, like page speed and things like that. So yeah, it does slow it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so photos for me have changed my business. Uh, number one, we only use photos that we've taken in the field on our website. I think that's huge. Um, it's proven that Google is going to give me authority if someone steals my photo and uses it on their website. Um, everybody's got the same dude in the blue outfit, like unscrewing Google, a hinge and Google judge pages based off of stock photos. I think they judge. Well, n yes and no. I think that there's no like one answer to that, but I think they do see that maybe this is the same photos on somebody else's website you, yeah. or thousands of other websites. Yeah. And it's not unique. Yeah. And if I was Google and I was to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rank a site one above the other. Mm -hmm. And we have the same content written on both sites and the only thing that was unique or different was yeah. that I had an original photo and you didn't. Right. I got to believe Google's going to put me above that one. Right. Uh, and I've been around this game for mm -hmm. 20 years and that's just the way Google thinks. Mm -hmm. Now you can't always go by logic with Google, yeah. but I think that that's a, uh, a great way to express it and look at it. Uh, we actually, um, I had an idea, you know, I was filling out these house profiles and home advisor years ago. And, uh, one of the things that I saw was they were all asking me to fill out this like, um, project. They wanted me to upload before and after photos and, um, write descriptions of the job and the material that I used, like what type of door and motor and all, all the details. 
And I'm sitting here filling this out, and I'm like, holy cow, dude. These people are on to something. This is great content. And not only is it great content for Google, but it's great content for customers who are on the site. And anytime you can hit those two, it's a win. So uh, I went and um, created a gallery on our website. And um, one of the issues with the uh, gallery was, um, you know, it takes a little time to load, but our, I love the visual stimulation that it gave me when I landed on it because it was, um, it showed that we did specific jobs, but those pages rank so well. And because I keep adding to it, uh, the more and more, like if you do searches for glass garage tours, Atlanta and things like that, you're going to see these pages rank. If I'm looking for a carriage style garage door in Swanee, most likely I'm number one with one of those pages. Um, but I base, I essentially use a portfolio platform on WordPress, modify it to be a gallery, format it differently, and then build them to convert. So you got like forms and phone numbers and those are entry pages and they convert really well. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, I'm um, giving away like some of my biggest secrets here, but, um, we ended up launching an entire like new revenue model based on leads I was getting all over the country on specific doors. Um, so people were seeing the, you know, CHI accent series. Um, you know, I've shipped those all over the country, um, a little bit more difficult, but I, uh, I was able to connect with one manufacturer to drop ship garage doors. So if they liked a particular type and it was crazy, man, I had, I had customer, I still remember one customer in, uh, I think it was Pennsylvania or something. Uh, I don't, I don't have an e-commerce site for this. I did. I don't anymore, but this wasn't coming from the e-commerce site. These guys actually were coming to the Aaron overhead door website and seeing my portfolio and reaching out to us saying, these are the doors I want. And, um, what was crazy about it is they were ranking so well, uh, nationwide and we were getting so many phone calls, like at least two or three a day where there was people texting in, emailing in or calling in that I was like, man, we can't ignore this. Right. So we got to check into it. Well, I found a manufacturer that drop ship doors. This guy in Pennsylvania wanted like two nine by eights, um, pan doors or maybe two layer. They were cheap. And I remember calling the guy and I was like, look, man, I don't, you know, no offense. I'm not trying to talk you out of buying from us, but you know, here's the price and it's going to cost this to ship it. And you could probably find it cheaper locally. Do you still want me to order these? And he's like, yeah, he loved the convenience of me just being able to have it shipped directly to his house. Mm -hmm. And, um, he didn't want to deal with big box stores. And he loved the fact that we had the photo of the door that he wanted. I mean, it was freaking perfect. Mm -hmm. So photos have changed my business in a big way. Um, and, when people go to our website, one of the things that I get a lot of feedback from, from customers is that the photos look legit and that they're not the same ones that they saw on other people's. I could probably go to three or four of my competitors right now and find the same photo on all of their websites, whether it be the door or uh, a person in the garage. And so, you know, I think standing out, uh, people are looking for signals, things that are going to differentiate you and whether or not they can trust you. And so, I'm a huge believer in making sure that you use your own photos. You literally can take pictures with your iPhone these days. And if you train your guys to do a good job, um, it's a small part of their job, but I think it's a big win. So 
just keep that in mind. I think photos are huge. Um, you can uh, put alt text in photos so you can kind of keyword, um, put a little keyword stuff in there for them. And um, that way Google kind of knows what they are. And if it's an original photo, I think it'll rank really well. Not to mention that you have the, uh, the gallery carousel in Google as well. So if you Google things like uh, wood garage doors or glass garage doors or uh, whatever, stuff like that, um, there's going to be images in the search results. And I show up in a lot of those because of the gallery. It's freaking great. So uh, it's time consuming and uh, it takes a lot of effort to get it right. But if you build those pages right and you have good photos and you have, you could, you optimize that page for conversion where people will fill out a form or call, then I think it's going to be a huge win for you. Uh, next up on the SEO world is audio. What are we doing right now? We are creating audio content. Now, before I did this, I did a, um, I literally sat behind my desk and did videos on, um, you know, things about garage door repair, stuff like that, and then uploaded them to YouTube and I put them on my website and called it a podcast. And you can strip that out into audio only. And so you can have an audio version of that. You can have a video and audio version of that. You can transcribe it through YouTube uh, for free and you can put that on there. So that's written content. And then you can post that content on social media. And so uh, I'm a huge fan of audio and video, but um, definitely guys, if you're not creating audio and video content now, you need to be soon. Um, Google's using AI technology and transcribing technology to be able to answer voice questions. So if we are to ask um, certain questions um, like uh, garage door repair near me, things like that, I think uh, you're going to have, look, my phone lights up. It's like, what, what? I didn't even touch it lit up. It knows, it knows we're talking about it. So, uh, you know, phones are starting to become more and more intelligent with AI put into our phones. Uh, we're trying to find out, you know, if you have, what's the Google, what do you say? I'm not going to say it, but Hey, Hey Google garage door repair near me. Okay. My phone. Probably not going to hear it. Cause no. we're, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, searches like that are being pulled from content from your website, Q and a, um, as well as audio content, uh, transcription content. So it's all about creating content. And I think if you had your own little podcast, I mean, you can record audio on your phone, yeah. right? I mean, so let's say, for example, uh, if you really want to get good at this, excuse me, you could, um, you could literally just while you're driving to a job, I mean, you're going to well, have maybe, some background maybe, noise. Maybe not while you're driving. Maybe. Why not? Because you just, the background noise. I know, but it's more realistic. Yeah. I mean, you can, but, you know, do it at a desk. Let, let's. Sitting down. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Well, these guys aren't at desks. No, I mean, it's smaller companies. The bigger yeah. guys are, maybe. But um, I'm trying to help everybody at every stage. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect, right? And people may not even listen to it, but it's content. And it's going to be searchable. And so what I, what I'm trying to explain is maybe you don't upload it to like all the podcast platforms, but you could embed it on the website and have audio and then transcribe it and then have it as content on the website. So maybe instead of writing a blog, cause you don't have time, you record the blog and talk about a particular subject. Maybe you just left a job and you talk about that job, yeah. spring change, you know, 
they had this size door and it was a one layer non-insulated door and you know, the door was 12 years old. I replaced this like even if you, and you kind of went into detail about the decision making the customer made and chose not to do in bearing plates or did in bearing plates or whatever. And then you upload that onto your website and then transcribe it and put that content on there. I mean, that's huge. So you just mentioned like creating a blog, right? And so we're talking about audio, but um, how important is a blog? So blog content's different in my opinion than content that you write a page for. Um, so I, I like blogs like, um, uh, I'll give you an example. One thing that I noticed like three or four years ago was a trend in black garage doors. Um, I've, and, and I always, I play around with Google trends and I'll look at, uh, traffic reports and things like that. And I started optimizing my site for black garage doors. But, um, first thing I did was write a blog is, you know, are black garage doors a thing? I'm pretty sure is what I, what I put in there. Um, you can do a Google search. Are you doing it? Do a Google search for black garage doors. And there was in, and what Google's doing now is mobile results are different than desktop results. So you, you're going to get different results. What am I looking for? Um, just see, just see what happens. <laughs> so when I look it up on Google, actually, you're the first, the yeah. uh, black garage doors are trendy and it's your blog post. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a blog post. Um, so I'm number one, but I, I believe also this first photo right here is also mine. Um, yep. so, and I may, I got one, two, I got at least two of these, uh, in the photos, images of black garage doors, but the first one's mine. And then in the search results, um, are also mine. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, under the people also asked, I had a couple results in there and the map pack comes up obviously. So yep. uh, that actually I'm number one there for that search. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up in multiple places here for that particular search, but I just happened to find that trend very early and I jumped on it. Um, and now the traffic to that is huge. Um, there's a lot of people searching black garage doors and I'm ahead of the trend. So now people reach out to me and what's funny is anybody can sell a black garage door, but not everybody has that information on their website. So when someone's looking for one, they find my website and I've always said, become the source of information and people will choose to do business with you, which is part of the reason why I'm doing the podcast. Um, but if we go to Google trends and we look up, um, Let's say black garage doors. And I'm going to change the results to all time, uh, 2004 to present. I mean, we just hit the biggest peak ever, um, August, 2020. That's huge. And, uh, so it's, it's, you know, if, if you were to balance this chart out with a straight line, I think you're going to see that it, it, um, it kind of hit you had some, you had some juice back in the 2004, 2005, 2006 range. It died down and then started picking up again around 2014. And, uh, now it's just gangbusters and, uh, you're talking some pretty heavy. Now, uh, it even shows like interested by subregion. uh, Ohio is the number one, Illinois is number two, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. So those people looking for black garage doors and then, you know, related queries, Black garage door, black garage doors with windows. I mean, this is good information. And so you can take that. You can even compare it to other searches. So like if we were to uh, read 
garage door and kind of see the comparison. Oh, wow. Red garage doors are huge. Wasn't expecting that, but it actually outranks black garage doors. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yep. So for those of you guys that are looking, I'm probably going to be optimizing for red garage doors mm. here soon. Um, if you're in New York, these are huge because New York made in the top five for both. Uh, actually, they're all the same. They're just changed. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Ohio. So anyway, guys, these are the type of process that I go through to find content that customers will be looking for. And I, I may do an audio. I may do, I'm going to do a blog on that. Um, And then I'm going to make sure that when I'm writing my content for my garage door page, that I've actually got content in there about colors. You know, you can choose your colors. Here's some popular colors that our customers choose. And then, you know, here's some other colors. Um, And so I know when I was out selling doors, believe it or not, I'd get, questions from people that say that, you know, Hey, uh, do I have to have this painted or do you sell colors? Some people don't even know. Right. So, um, these are high funnel searches though, I think. And for the most part, like when I say high funnel searches, you're going to have people who are at the beginning stages and then people kind of in the middle and then at the bottom. And I think people searching for black garage doors are high funnel. Uh, they're looking for ideas. People that search garage door ideas, they're looking for ideas. That's high funnel. Um, people with intent to purchase are looking for uh, like Clopay Canyon Ridge black door. They've narrowed down their search, right? Now they're trying to find out, you know, more information on it, maybe mid funnel or uh, a, a really high intent search would be where to buy a black Clopay garage door, something like that. Right. So uh, by the way, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not even doing this on purpose, but all this content is going to be beautiful. Cause I can stick all this on our website, <laughs> transcribe it and uh, it'll come out and linking. So anyway, this is all part of the game, right? And so when you're doing SEO, this is how you have to think. Um, so when we're talking audio, I think you guys can write it down the street and um, maybe you do Aaron overhead door podcast and you just start every episode. Hey, thanks for joining the Aaron Overhead Door Podcast. Today, I just left a job where I did a spring change on a customer in Swanee, Georgia. And I want to tell you a little bit about it. And you talk and make it interesting. Yeah, You know, don't just do it to spam, but make it interesting. You know, I bumped into a, an issue where, you know, uh, the cable was fraying or whatever. Or when I arrived, the door was crooked. And here's what the customer did. You know, they closed it on their kid's toy. And uh, it didn't get seen by the sensors and threw the door off track because the cable came off the drum. I mean, that's rich content, right? And so, yeah, it's audio, but you can transcribe it. You can go to a website like rev.com, I think it is, and you pay like, is it per word or per minute? It's, uh, I think it's per word. Per word? I think it's like a dollar per word. Yeah, or maybe even less. And it could be, that could be expensive. I don't know, but um, if you're doing short ones, and, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so, and you can go there, transcribe it. But that's, I mean, that's yeah. pretty cheap compared to maybe hiring somebody to transcribe it or write it all. Um, and so once you do that, you'll get that file and then you can just copy and paste that information and put it on your website and check for errors. It's pretty accurate. I've used it. Um, is, is if you upload it to YouTube, you can get it transcribed for free. It's 125 per minute. They've got, oh, so. 
Okay. So that's not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. $10 to transcribe a, a 10 minute video. Yeah. Well, that's, probably more like 12. Yeah. That's not bad. But no. yeah, cause a dollar a word would be like, if you have a 200 word thing, that's $200. Yeah. Like, yeah. That'd be a lot. So a dollar a minute's actually not bad. Yeah. And then you could even probably uh, use Fiverr. Yeah. There's you could a, probably sh- find somebody. On I don't know where people on Fiverr are from. They're from countries that don't require having good as much for them. Money. Yeah. Good for them for being able to find a way to like make money. But I mean, some of these guys are like write you a, like a 2000 word blog for $10. Yep. But if you could have them transcribe for 10 bucks or you can use rev, I mean, that's rich. That's good stuff. Anyway. So moving on. Um, another thing is location pages. Uh, this is a hot topic. So uh, I'm a big fan of location pages. You're going to see them rank really well. Um, you can, I like location pages for repair focused keywords. And if done right, you can rank in the top three pretty easily. Um, and uh, I think it's great. And you want to build those out for high conversion. So um, you want to write the content, you want to add photos, you want to write some information about the city. Uh, make sure you have repair focused keywords in there. Um, make sure you have plenty of call to actions. Uh, so you want to have like call or text 24 seven, you want to have a form on there and you really want to be intentional about making sure that, um, it's all about repair and conversion and, uh, location pages are rich. They will help you out a lot if they're built out. Well, uh, I think you're going to need about 800 to a thousand words to compete, uh, in that space. And, um, you're going to need validation on that page too. So I recommend pushing your like awards and things like that on there. Um, reviews at all that certifications, you know, these people are landing on a web page on the inside of your website and they don't know much about you and you don't want to make them go somewhere else to figure it out. So, um, make that page a really good landing page and try to convert them. Um, page speed and mobile first ranking. I'm kind of put those two together because, um, I think, uh, they kind of go together a little bit. So number one, uh, there's a couple things when it comes to page speed is your server. If you're on a shared server, um, that could affect your page speed. If, um, if you're like on a uh, cloud shared server with a company during black Friday and they're an e-commerce site, they're pulling tons of traffic and data. It could slow your site down. So you want to be careful of that. We keep all of our clients on a dedicated server and, um, if we get into uh, e-commerce, what we'll probably do is have another dedicated server strictly for e-commerce. Um, that way it doesn't affect our home service companies. But um, also how you optimize the website. So having too large of photos, um, having video, um, things like that. It takes time for Google to load or, or the web to load your page and it loads from top to bottom. And uh, you want to let it finish and there's some tricks, right? So we can do some things in the code and uh, have it load um, a little bit at a time. As you scroll down, uh, we can kind of optimize the photos for our size. Hey, Adrian, can you fix the screen for me? Yeah. Um, so uh, a couple things just to pay attention to when it comes to that. Uh, mobile first ranking. Um, Google has switched to mobile first ranking. And what that means is, is that uh, they're they used to crawl your homepage and say, okay, this is, or your website. And, um, and they would rank based off of the desktop version. Now they're ranking off of the mobile version. 
And so you have to have a well-optimized mobile website. And uh, it's a tricky, tricky balance because mobile is very condensed and you may not want to show 1800 words on a mobile website. Uh, You may not want to show big photos on a website, uh, but having photos is important. And so you want to have a good balance there. And so when it comes to page speed and mobile first, you want to make sure you have the mobile site optimized for SEO and you want to make sure that you have good page speed and how fast the, the site loads. Page speed is directly correlated to bounce rate. So bounce rates when someone lands on the website and then goes back, uh, hits the back button, goes back to the search results or wherever that sent you there. So if your page loads slow, especially on mobile, you're probably not going to rank great and people aren't going to convert on your website. So you got to pay attention to that. Um, and last, I want to talk about backlinks. And there's some great ways to get backlinks. Backlinks are probably one of the most difficult things to do, but I like to explain it like school. So, Adrian, were you very popular in school? No. Really? Yeah, no, not really. Um, I mean, like in high school, I was a normal kid, but now, but like pre-high school, I was not. You have a lot of friends, so I didn't know. And you're maybe yeah, that is it's not okay. So so, let's say. I'm going to use you as an example in this, okay. right? It's a real life example. Okay. So you're not very popular. All right. I hope I'm not rubbing it in. No, you're good. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, you're not very popular, but let's say that I am very popular. Okay. Right. And I start talking about you all the time. I'm like, man, that Adrian dude, he's really cool. Like I like him a lot. Uh, he came to a party and we hung out and I got to know him and he was just a really good dude. And then people started looking at you like, hmm. He doesn't look like he's cool, but maybe he is, right? And so, and I'm I'm right. not using real life for you, but I'm using real life for Google example. Um, so what happens is, is that when my website links to Adrian's website and Google thought that Adrian's website maybe wasn't cool in the beginning, but I get a really good link from a really cool website that ranks really well and has good domain authority. Um, then Google says, well, wait a minute, maybe Adrian is cool, (laughs) right? And then the more links you get like that, then Google's like, okay, so this is starting to look official and he's got good content. And so number one, you want to, you want to have good content that people want to link to, but there's some tricks to it. Right. And if you get spammy links, like I give you an example, right? So we took over a client who is a roofing company. They hired another marketing agency to come in and, um, and, uh, do their SEO and some other things for them. Well, this company was completely unprofessional and, um, they fired them and picked us up. And what, what the other company did was they called the owner of the company and cussed them out. Like they went after it. Right. Um, well, eventually he backed off and I had been button heads with this dude for a while. Cause we were, we built the website and started doing some stuff and, and, um, they were doing all the marketing things. Well, shortly after they quit, they were, this dude's like extremely vindictive and unprofessional. So for him to be nice, I was a little bit shocked and he kind of turned on a dime with it. So we were tracking things on this website and guess what he did? He started having porn sites linked to his roofing company. Did that help the SEO? 
<laughs> I can tell you that it was probably about to knock it down. Um, so now uh, we yeah, we've been we've been uh, there's a way to fix that. There's Google has what's called a dis um, disavow, um, and you can upload a file. So uh, we use a uh, a tool called Ahrefs. It made it really quick and easy to go through, uh, find all those links up, you know, uh, export a file and then upload it in the Google disavow uh, platform and those links get removed. They, they're probably still there in theory, Just but removes the Google link doesn't, or no, it doesn't remove the, the link, like, connection the connection via Google. Right. So, uh, but if that continued and Google was seeing, you know, um, uh, I don't even want to say some of the, the anchor text they used. Yeah. I was trying to think of something that was not as bad. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say they used porn as the anchor text and then linked it to the roofing company. And that happens enough where Google's like, wait a minute, something's off here. Right. This is supposed to be a roofing site, but we're getting tons of porn links. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to create some confusion. And anytime Google's algorithm gets confused, it either shuts it down or it punishes you. Right. And so uh, I think that was his attempt to try to take the site down off of Google. Um, good enough we were able to find not it and cool. fix it. Not cool at all. Yep. Um, not very professional. So, he also tried to, he logged in before he knew he was getting chopped and um, deleted a bunch of stuff off the website. Oh, wow. uh, but thankful enough we have some backups. Uh, yep. yep. We were able to reset. So what about having links in like just YouTube video descriptions? Yes. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I would definitely write a bunch of good content in the um, in the uh, description. Mm-hmm. Make sure you use tags. Tags yep. are important, and then also link. Yeah. If you link a site in those YouTube video descriptions, I wonder how much that that can help. I couldn't tell you how much it'll yeah. help, but I definitely think it couldn't hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, I would try to keep it to maybe one or two links, mm-hmm. not too many. Yeah. But. Um, now, internal links is another thing while we're on the topic. So you got backlinks. Excuse me. Um, so you got reviews. So let's say, for example, I've got a good example here. We have a, uh, a roof, or not a roofing company, but HVAC company right mm-hmm. over here in our building. Uh, they hired us to install a motor on their door. Mm-hmm. We hired them to change the filters on our HVAC system. Right. So what we did was we went on to his website. And I left a review mm-hmm. and then linked to my Aaron overhead doors website. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote us a review mm-hmm. for the opener and then put that on our website with yep. a link to his. Yep. Right. So now we're interlinking. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that's great. So that's a good way to get a backlink. And so if you have, um, if you have friends that you've done business with or, or companies that have a website that have access to it to be able to easily add something like that, I've got my cleaning ladies have put a review on their website for me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. literally I, I, I typed it up. I put the link in there and I said, Hey, thank you so much for what you do. Um, you know, I wrote a review for you. And if you put this on your website, it'll help both of us. Mm-hmm. And she did it. Yeah. So I got a link from, from her website. I got a link from the HVAC company yep. and I do this with everybody. Right. So I'll, I'll write reviews. Like if I'm doing business with somebody, I'll ask them, Hey, are you cool? Like, uh, if we do business together, we both put a link on our website or vice versa. Really cool way of getting a review. And the way that we do that is like, I'll put something like, oh, greatest cleaning company in the world. They clean both of my businesses. And then underneath, I'll put Ryan, Lucia, owner, Aaron Overhead Doors. And then I'll link the Aaron Overhead Doors to my website. Right. 
Um, you can also use anchor text that help with certain things like repair that does play a role in that. Uh, because if you, um, if you use specific anchor text like repair, it's telling Google, Hey, uh, the word is repair and the link goes to Aaron overhead doors and that'll help, um, correlate the text with the website and show relevancy. Um, vendors. So most vendors have a directory. And so, um, a lot of times you got to ask, but if you ask the people you do business with, Hey, um, do you have a directory or some, can I get a link off of your website to mine? Um, I was able to get, you know, a dozen or so links from vendors, Clopay, Amar, like all kinds of stuff, right? And some of them have minimums that you got to do. So if you spend X amount of dollars, yeah, we'll put a link on your website, things like that. Um, but you could also say, Hey, I'm really happy with your product. I wrote a, I wrote a little, um, blurb. If you use it just like it's intended, uh, copy and paste it just like this onto your website. Um, you know, I'll allow you to use that. Mm -hmm. And if it's compelling enough and it's good review and you have a little bit of influence, then, uh, they'll use that and that'll give you some rank. Um, so people, you know, uh, that you do business with, I would just ask them. I think it's important, but it's also important internal links. So like if you're on the homepage and you're writing content about repair, anytime you say repair, not all the time, but um, you need to highlight that text and put uh, a link to your repair page. So that's why people do that on websites. Yep. Um, so when Google's crawling the site, yep. they'll recognize the link. Um, they'll follow the link to see uh, where it's at. And if you have multiple layers of pages, it helps Google find those pages yep. as well. Yep. So it's a lot easier. Um, but SEO has evolved so much over the yep. years and just keeping up with it is like a full-time job. Right. I mean, there's conferences and there's research. Um, we, we created a fake garage door dealer, mm -hmm. um, and we built a website mm -hmm. and we're testing it. And yep. so like, so we don't have to test things on my website, which I do probably more than I should. Um, and our client websites, you know, we'll use this site and we can, go in there and uh, fiddle with things and um, do maybe some not so great things. And we don't have to worry about getting punished because right. um, it's a fake website. Right. Uh, but we're going to try to see how well we can get it to rank and we're going to push some limits and we're going to mm -hmm. get in some gray areas and um, we're going to play around with it and see. And uh, if we start getting phone calls off of it, then I'm probably just going to sell the site to someone local. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that that's, pretty much the gist of SEO. Um, I know I've left a lot out and I probably could do a, uh, two day marathon on search engine optimization, but it's important for you to have the basics that we talked about today. Uh, I didn't get into like title tags and descriptions and stuff like that. Um, or any like technical SEO, but, um, I don't really expect you guys to really want to fiddle with that. I'll give you one tip here at the end of the podcast for those of you who stayed on. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in having long title tags and descriptions beyond the recommended characters. Um, it's been proven recently that uh, they are indexing long descriptions. It also takes up more space in the search results and pushes your competitors down. So um, big believer in that. They, um, what is the word? I'm trying to remember the word. Trend dunk. It's not that. Wait, what, what are you trying to say? Where they take like a paragraph and smush it into like, where they take little snippets of it. 
there's a word I can't remember it anyway. Other than summarize? No, yeah, I mean, they got, I guess they'll probably summarize some of this. So they do some summarizing, um, and they'll even pull description from from the web page that it's on. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say keyword stuff the description and title tag, but you can definitely go beyond your character limit, and it's plenty cool, and it is being used and pulled. So um, we have been able to prove that. So okay. definitely use title tag and description and you can go beyond the character limit. Um, next week we are going to be talking about, um, tools. So some of you guys might be thinking about how smart I am. No, <laughs> okay, <laughs> probably not. But the reason why I know is what I do is because the tools I use tell me the data. And so next week we're going to be talking a little bit about the tools we use and how we use them. And, um, that way, if you guys want to do it yourself, you can certainly subscribe to these tools and use them for your own benefit. And most of these have like, uh, they're fairly inexpensive and they have free trials that you can use. Uh, so that's it. What did you think of the show today? Pretty good. Completely a lot of, different format. with a lot of info. Yeah, just. I'm not even sure like a lot it. of like garage door techs are probably going to be bored out of their mind, but yeah. For the people who are wanting to start their own business or... We're just owners who want to do better. Yeah. I feel like it would be good. Um, So this season, next season, we're going to be interviewing a lot of technicians and businesses. Uh, But this season, we are going to be kind of deep diving and stuff like this. And I hope you guys enjoy it and can take stuff away from it. Uh, If you want, we will do a free website audit on your website. We have two different website audits. We got the free version which is kind of like a quick, you know, here you go. And then we've got the deep dive where we can kind of extract everything that we would do. Um, you, that is a paid uh, option. But if you want a quick website audit, just kind of find a few things that you can do differently or better. Hit us up and we'll take care of that. You can reach us at suchandsuchmedia.com. And um, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors and everyone who listens to our podcast. We really appreciate you. Hope you guys stay safe, stay busy, and let us know what you think about the episode. Take care.